0: With the Claudine Gay resignation, are we seeing the beginning of the end of DEI? A physician at a noted hospital says it's okay to be fat. Plus, late night comedy goes after conservatives. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13 minute news hour. And God bless the United States of America. OK, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. The holidays are over and I am so glad to be back. This past weekend, I was up at Newsmax in the studios in New York. If you want to check out that interview, you can do so right there at the link above. And I want to give a special shout out to Jason Rosenberg, who is doing an awesome job at Newsmax. And hey, my friend, I got a Batmobile coming just for you. All right, we're going to start with former Harvard president Claudine Gay. And what could perhaps be the final crack that brings down the entire DEI or diversity, equity and inclusion movement. As you know, America's colleges and universities have long ago stopped focusing on education and instead have become breeding grounds for left wing activism. It wasn't by accident. It didn't happen by chance. It was exactly according to the Marxist playbook. And Claudine Gay was not only the poster child for this movement. But she epitomized everything that is wrong with higher education today. Her ultimate downfall came following the October 7th Hamas terrorist attacks against innocent Israeli civilians. During congressional testimony, Gay would not denounce anti Semitism and refused to state whether calling for the extermination of Jews violated Harvard's code of conduct.
1: I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and crosses is it anti-Semitic con- rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation—that is actionable conduct, and we do take action. So the answer is yes. That calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard code of conduct, correct. Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board.
0: As you know, the outrage from Gay's testimony, along with the heightened focus on how radical students have become on college campuses and the pushback from major donors led Gay to finally resign but she's still keeping her nearly $900,000 salary, can still teach at Harvard, and fired a parting shot with the New York Times op-ed. In an op-ed, she writes, my hope is that by stepping down, I will deny demagogues the opportunity to further weaponize my presidency in their campaign to undermine the ideals animating Harvard since its founding. Excellence openness, independence, and also truth. Imagine that, playing the race card, the pesky demagogues. It's not like she was incompetent, a plagiarist, and someone who condones anti-Semitism. Nope, none of that. According to the left, it's just about racism. But here's the thing, Gay was a complete and total diversity hire, the perfect example of DEI at its worst. Rather than hiring someone who could do the job, qualifications and competence, They were put on the back burner, and finding someone who could check the boxes became the priority. The question is, have Americans had enough of the DEI wave? Could Claudine Gay be the turning point? As reported by Channel 5 KTLA, the founder of Lululemon, Chip Wilson, is firing back at his old company for embracing DEI and turning away from the actual message of health and athleticism upon which the company was founded. Forbes profiled the 67-year-old who still owns 8% of the company. They talk about his distaste for the, quote, whole diversity and inclusion thing. He also said the people in the ads that they have look unhealthy, sickly, and not inspirational. Then he says, quote, you've got to be clear that you don't want certain customers coming in. Now, Lululemon does not like this. They fired back, told CNN he doesn't speak for the company and his views don't stand for their values or or their beliefs and that they're very proud of their diversity, equity, and inclusion. But you have to wonder, is the tide turning this way? Axios reports companies in large part moving away from diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, a big shift from a couple years ago, saying that they're often criticized for being just performative, and that DEI programs have become lightning rods for the anti-woke. By anti-woke, I'm assuming the reporter means normal, common sense Americans, because people have had enough of this stuff, and there's no doubt that we are making a difference. DEI programs at public institutions have now been prohibited in many states. And as that report mentioned, some companies are backing off. But given the massive control the radical left has over corporate boards, we must always be on guard on whether change is real or just a rebranding of the same old left wing policies. Anyway, Let's take and a look
1: I mean, at some of the companies that are now beginning to distance themselves from DEI, at least on the surface. Um, you've got American Airlines, BlackRock, JP Morgan, Lowe's, Yum Brands, but Pete, at the same time they're distancing themselves from DEI, there's been the
0: rise of well-being and inclusion. It always happens this way. Okay, it's not working. We just got to call it something else. We name it something else, but the, the movement remains, it may not be called DEI, but- So watch out. We are making progress, but the left will not stop. Saying you are fighting racism by embracing racism is not a solution. And the left knows this. To them, it's not about making America better. It's about bringing America down. The American way of life is the single biggest threat to the Marxist agenda in the entire world. They'll keep fighting, but as we saw with the Harvard president, we can make a difference if we keep up the pressure. All right, next let's talk about being fat. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show, and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about being fat because being fat is not healthy, right? Being overweight contributes to many, many poor health conditions. At least that's what we've been told forever. When you look at the CDC website under overweight and obesity, you read quote, obesity is serious because it is associated with poor mental health outcomes and reduced quality of life. In the United States and worldwide, Obesity is associated with the leading causes of death, including deaths from diabetes, heart disease, stroke, and some types of cancer." Wow, that's serious stuff. We should all strive to lose weight and be healthy. But hey, not anymore, because once again, the left pulls out its playbook and identifies the obese, not as a group that should strive to be healthy, but as a group that is actually normal, but oppressed. We've seen this ideology manifested in Victoria's Secret ads, Sports Illustrated swimsuit issues, and other advertisements where fit, healthy, and thin has been replaced by not fit, not healthy, and massively overweight. And it's one thing for the left to try and say that everyone is special in their own way, kumbaya, blah, blah, blah. But in typical fashion, the left is ignoring the science in order to push an agenda. Now we are seeing actual health professionals, doctors and nutritionists, embrace the left-wing talking points and push science aside. On X, the lives of TikTok posted a video of a physician at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center who completely throws out all her medical training to embrace the radical left. Here's a sample.
1: Here's my hot take as a doctor, I totally agree. It is okay to be fat. We don't say that enough, but it needs to be normalized. If you are fat, that is okay. It is typically not a problem that requires immediate solving. It is not an emergency. You don't have to drop everything in the pursuit of being not fat.
0: Wow, isn't a physician supposed to help someone become healthy? But now, with Marxism being infused into everything, including the medical profession, what you are now hearing is rhetoric, which pretends that no matter what you do or what you think, it's okay. And even more than okay, it's reality. Here's more
1: it is okay to not be healthy we act like it is this moral failing this cardinal sin that you deserve a scarlet letter if you are not healthy and there's a name for that and that's called healthism but a good doctor will not judge you for being fat they will not judge you for being unhealthy they will not judge the decisions that you made or the decisions that were made for you which is the much more likely scenario that got you to the point where you are right now
0: what Again, we see another common element of the left wing playbook when she basically says this isn't your fault. Someone else did this to you. Someone else is the oppressor and you are the oppressed. Health and science are thrown out the window. And what she is saying is that a good doctor is nothing more than a cheerleader. Make all the poor health decisions you want and a good doctor shouldn't say a word about it, at least according to her.
1: We're here to help you with the changes that you want to make. And if you are someone who wants to lose weight for health purposes, and there are certain scenarios where losing weight can be health promoting, we're here to help you with that. We are also here to help you if you decide to not make any changes at all.
0: We're still there. Yep, this is what happens when the left takes over. Men can be women, kids can be cats, and the obese are just as healthy as everyone else. I say enough is enough. Next. Here's some rapid fire headlines from around the country. Considering the fact that the left has Joe Biden, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, and a host of others, one would think that late night comedians would have plenty of material to make fun of the loony left. But as just another example of how the left steers the narrative to influence Americans, a new study from the Media Research Center found an incredible imbalance in late night jokes. As reported by the New York Post, The study from the Media Research Center found that 81% of all political jokes told on major late-night comedy shows in 2023 targeted conservatives. 81%. The shows analyzed were ABC's Jimmy Kimmel Live, Comedy Central's The Daily Show, NBC's Late Night with Seth, Seth Meyers, NBC's The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon, CBS's The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and the Late Late Show with James Corden until its cancellation in April. And if you want to know who the winner or the big loser is, it's Jimmy Kimmel. His show had the highest rate of anti-conservative jokes for a single show out of the six. Next, a comprehensive review of criminal justice research has blown open the left-wing narrative that Marxists desperately want you to believe, that minorities receive harsher criminal punishments. According to the story in the Daily Wire, an analysis of 20 years of academic literature found that there is little or no evidence that minorities are mistreated by the criminal justice system when it comes to punishment, despite assertions to the contrary by policymakers, media, and academics. The research comes from professors Christopher Ferguson and Sven Smith of Stetson University and will be published in the criminology journal Aggression and Violent Behavior. In the study, the researchers wrote, wrote, quote, We express the concern that evidence for racial bias in the U.S. criminal justice system has been consistently weak, and that scholarly narratives have too often ignored this in favor of the systemic racism narrative, end quote. Once again, it's not about the science or the data, just about the narrative. Finally, as the media keep pushing this racist narrative, more blacks and Hispanics are rejecting the policies of Joe Biden and starting to embrace Donald Trump. As reported by the Gateway Pundit, a review of polls conducted by Bloomberg found that Trump is poised to take 14% to 30% of the black vote. Trump only won 8% of the black vote in 2020, according to the data analyzed by the Pew Research Center. According to Newsweek, the black voting turnout has slightly increased in presidential elections from 58.5% of eligible voting population in 1964, the earliest election for which such figures are available, to 58.7% in 2020, according to Statistica. This means if Trump wins more than 13% of the vote share, he will gain the highest proportion of the black vote since Nixon in 1960 and more individual black votes than any Republican candidate ever. Can he do it? I hope so, and maybe all those voters in Democrat run cities will realize that hey, if we keep voting Democrat, we keep getting the same results. Go figure. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Wednesday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.